Welcome to this International Women's Day podcast from LifeWatch Eric, the European Infrastructure for Biodiversity and Ecosystem Research, an organization that takes pride in advancing the European Union's gender equality strategy. Here today, Chief Communication Officer Sara Montinaro is talking with International Gender Officer Africa Zanella. Thank you, Julian, for hosting us in your studio today. Welcome, Africa. Good morning, Sarah. Hi. So, Africa and I met for the first time one year ago uh, in this very setting. So, immediately after Africa started uh, here in her position of International Gender Officer. At the time, Africa explained us the main issues that a scientific organization like LifeWorkTuric has to tackle when it comes to gender, sustainability, and equity. One year has gone by. What can you tell you about this first year? And what are the life of Cherik's most relevant achievements in terms of gender equality, Africa? Uh, well, good morning again. I, I'm delighted to be here and to be able to sort of have a little bit of a review of, of what it's like to work with a, a research infrastructure and the, the various cultures that that involves. Uh, and... Um, and my 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 brief vis a vis my gender role is very clear because it's given uh, very much uh, by the European Union guidelines. You know the projects are being financed by the European Union, and the European Union makes it a condition that a gender expert be involved in the process of, of the projects from the very beginning. In other words, you know, when women and men work together and, and, and get reclu- recruited in order to work in any project at LifeWatch, to the process of recruiting um, where we have to have gender-neutral type of language uh, in all our terms of references and to ensure that we encourage uh, the, uh, the very strong message of non-discrimination. And then, you know, when it comes to the interviewing, we need to go through the process of uh, training some of the interviewers about um, gender bias. In other words, you know, when they look at a male uh, candidate, when they look at a female candidate, what sort of bias do they bring into the room? And in particular, with regards to the very important issue of how different we all are when it comes to perception, because we are obviously involved in society and the very beginning is the family and so if you bring in to the uh, interview room issues relating to um, family uh, which may be contradicting the, the whole process of non-bias non uh, you know non-discriminatory we need to be aware of them so that's just a, a very slow but a very uh, determined uh, process of ensuring that we have as much clarity and unbiased uh, in, in the selection process. So I'll jump right into how important that is because it is one of the uh, mandatory uh, concepts that the European Union puts forward, but it's also a theme that we have adopted in, in LifeWatch, i.e. gender balance, very important issue in terms of gender balance. That doesn't mean just numerical concepts of men and women, it means an actual 
transformative stage of the culture of the organization to see men and women working together. So we, Sarah, uh, had um, from the very beginning that goal in mind to ensure, uh, first of all, that we review the organization, that we see the numbers that we have in what positions men and women. And that was undertaking as a first step when I first arrived. So is what I call the review and audit of the staff. And then in the process of doing that, we identify gaps. We, we understand where the gaps are and we start addressing those gaps. Well, the gap, you know, initially is as per usual in the, in the field of science that less women are in the field than, than men. And so we began to address that issue, as I said, through a theme which is called uh, recruitment and progression. I'm very happy, I'm incredibly happy to say that A, I have received the support of, of management, I have received the support and cooperation of staff, and then finally we were able to move through the process slowly and surely to, uh, because we were on a growth spur as an organization. That's important to note because, you know, if you're recruiting, it's one issue. If you're not recruiting, it's a different issue from a gender perspective. But in this particular case with LifeWatch, we were increasing the number of people working in, in projects and we started recruiting women as well as men, interviewing them process on merit, of course, always. But we find that there is uh, an enormous talent and talented women who could be given the position. And then we, you know, we have achieved an objective which is uh, we, we will be reporting through the uh, GEP, which is the Gender Equality Plan, that says that it's not just 30% that we have achieved, but we're actually closer to 45% men and women working in important projects. You know, projects that are going to affect society, such as climate change, biodiversity, issues relating to how we influence climate um, and that is important to have men and women working from the very beginning as project managers, senior project manager, I will add, with the, uh, with, especially with the um, ERDF or the FEDER project, as we say in Spanish. And that, um, that process carries right through to the, um, to the, to the cycle, the, you know, the project cycle. Now, there are a few challenges there, no, no doubt that when we work in a project, we just, it's not just LifeWatch. LifeWatch is a, a catalyst, a, a, you know, a, 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 um, a, an influencer of projects, but we are qualified as scientists and we influence the, the outcomes by providing infrastructure so that scientists can work better. And ultimately, I think, you know, the most important part of it is that we get the female perspective as well as the male perspective and that we make a contribution to society. Thanks, Africa. That's really wonderful progress for one year. Uh, congratulations first. And what's next on the gender equality agenda? The gender equality agenda is an ongoing process. You know, we like our expert, and, and we have a group, by the way, from the European Union who meet together every, every month to discuss the progress of all the ERICs. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to say that, you know, we... We, we are, as we say um, in, in, in my Australian sort of hat, 
we're killing it. You know, we are really killing it. We are, we are getting there. We're going there. You know, we're progressing and we're progressing slowly and surely. Um, now, the next thing that I tackled was the integrating gender in analysis into research. Now, that's when you start working with the scientists to try to train them on how to look at the gender lens, how to look at this whole concept of, uh, you know, your project. How do you go about sort of, you know, uh, understanding where gender fits in? And so we're progressing with that very, you know, uh, very well. I found a very interesting note, and I think I want to share this with uh, your listeners, is that we're making slowly and surely progress as, as women in the scientific field. Now we know, for example, that, um, you know, it is difficult sometimes, especially at universities, to progress to a certain level, to have your your uh, your papers published and, and whatever. The Eric is a little bit different in terms of culture, but nevertheless, I find, for example, that the market is very short on the technical aspect of, of developing the infrastructure. And so now we have a, a technical team that is totally uh, composed of males, whilst the project managers are, are female and males. So now we need to do a little bit of an integration in terms of you know, the output of Eric and the input of Eric from a gender lens. So that's very important. And we will continue um, to review, for example, at proposal stage to ensure that we follow the guidelines of the European Union. I'm, you know, I'm 100% behind the whole idea that this strategy has to work because you can't have 50% or more of the population as a whole and a great majority of talent in science that cannot be used um, uh, effectively from the point of view of the woman, the female. I am delighted about the campaign this year. I hope you all are, because essentially shows how each and every one of those women, women interview have a perspective. We have the commonality, but we also have the individual perspective. Some of them have had good experiences, some of them have not so good. But ultimately, one thing that I take away from it is the fact that they're all contributing, and they're contributing in a positive way. Now you mentioned the campaign, Africa. It's true that this year Life for Cherry launched a special campaign for International Women's Day, which named uh, Voices of Women. Um, you explained a little bit, you already you know, started telling us a little bit about that, but uh, can you really tell our listeners more about uh, you know, this campaign and particularly why Life for Charity is doing this this year? I think uh, I'm very fortunate because I, I'm also linked to uh, climate action in, with the United Nations in, in the Climate Investment Fund. There I work with bankers, but nevertheless, I mean, we... I'm the gender focal point for the for the uh, for the World Bank on that on that role on that climate investment fund. And what I what we found there is that when they did work in development, which is very different from you know from our own particular situation in terms of European uh, community. However, one thing that came across even with the work in the Mediterranean region we we we've been looking at is that. What women want is almost like that movie, What Women Want, What Women Want. Now, uh, what women want is to have a voice, is to be able to express themselves as human beings, to be able to bring in what they perceive to be of value. And that was done 
through um, to a, a consultant in the UK for the World Bank, and I sort of taking that message to various forums. Uh, and I thought this year is not about me telling you about gender. This is about women speaking about their experiences in science and their experiences as women and as scientists. In other words, you know, we all have that dual role in, in society. You know, we work as in, 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 in mothers or we work as in, in women, we work as in, in whatever else. So, you know, that is, um, it is important for us to also showcase LifeWatch as an international body. What we picked from, uh, from LifeWatch was members of the family, inverted comma, that actually came from different cultures. And that multiculturalism within the, within the, the, the concept of an infrastructure, a research, also plays well in the strategy that the European Union is trying to do. Because as gender experts, we, we like to showcase what we do in our own background, uh, back, backyard, i.e., you know, in Spain, for example, this is where the head office is, but also to see the impact that it might have in other cultures and how they're facing the issues. So, as I said, I'm, I'm very excited because now we've added an, a layer of multiculturalism to our concept of gender, which is multiculturalism based on Europe. And that it has to be, I think, you know, if anybody in the audience actually feels like uh, uh, publishing that concept or working with me about uh, showcasing how that, that has an impact on our society as a democratic uh, entity, i.e. The, the democracy is an important issue as well, so, you know, we are giving voices. We are giving voices to the people. It is a, a, from the ground up and not just from the top down. Well, this is true. And I think this was really the aim behind this campaign this year. It's kind of, you know, of uh, moving the spotlight and actually really putting it, uh, focusing on women. And uh, as our listeners uh, will have understood by now, uh, Africa and I had the pleasure to listen to those podcasts and recordings. Uh, as you are doing right now. And I, I agree, there are many interesting inputs uh, and thoughts there. Uh, and also, as you were mentioning, there's a variety of experiences. There are different stories which are affected either by individual characteristics or by socioeconomic conditions or geographical conditions or age group, for instance. That's, that was another difference that I found. Um, we heard a lot. We heard a lot uh, starting from glass ceiling and conscious bias, you know, this image was kind of recurring of a system that, uh, you know, somehow in the past was built on discrimination and on feeding and uh, continuing itself. But we also had the chance to hear about, uh, you know, from the, directly from the, our female researchers, we had the chance to hear about the added, uh, the added value that women can bring when working in, in science. And also, in the end, I think, that uh, we managed to um, broadcast to our listeners uh, a series of positive stories that they are already in themselves a success. Is there anything that you really triggered your mind or uh, some of the quotes or, uh, you know, uh, inputs and comments uh, of our speakers that uh, were more relevant to you or you think you'd like to mention here? 
Yes, yes, yes. I, you know, first of all, listeners, if you're here, I got to tell you the first podcast that Sarah and I did as two single, two women, sort of looking at each other and discussing it, was also part of my mindset in terms of when we talk to each other. So when we talk to each other as women, we have a, a, it's something very beautiful in my way, way of thinking comes out. You know, we become a lot more authentic. We become, uh, you know, um, there's, there's an integrity there that, that I love. You know, it's like the lotus flower in the, in the Zen Buddhist concept that comes out. And one, the thing that I, I brought out, thanks to Julian, brilliant moderating, uh, you know, in, in, included all, all, all the, uh, all the parameters and the, and the team behind the scene as well. What we brought out there, I thought two very important aspects. The first one is diversity. You know, as you said, it was gender, it was sex, it was uh, geographic, it was cultural. We had, you know, a, 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 a lovely mix of different types of um, uh, human beings, I call them now. And the second part is where women actually bring out an incredible perception of humanity that I believe... Um, it's important, you know, that, you know, if you look at it from a scientific viewpoint, some of the statements that says women are stronger, right? They, they, you know, they, you could be judged as having a bit of a bias there, you know, so you say, why are women stronger? I mean, men are strong and this and the other. But if you, if you think about it, if you think about it, we are strong. And the concept is that we are strong. We, don't, we need our voices to be heard because we are strong and we can, you know, we need to contribute to this crisis that we, we find ourselves in. You know, in the last 12 months, Sarah, as I discussed with you, in Europe we have a war. In Europe we have climate, in, climate crisis equal to, uh, you know, a lot of parts of the world. So we have real problems um, as, as, a human, um, as humanity. And I think the humanist approach that some of those women in the postcard bring forward and the fact that they bring out the difficulties of being a woman means uh, procreation and how some difficulties are being heard all over the world about how we raise children and we have to raise children, the cost of raising children, the burden on your career of having children, etc., etc. That has to be addressed as well. I know that the UK campaign of uh, some of my colleagues are addressing the issue of um, childcare. And I think that's a, a very important issue. If you're going to continue working, contributing to society, you also need society to, to bring about infrastructures, I mean, social infrastructures, that will assist you. So that that's what I took away from the podcast. And I love, I'll say it with all my heart, I love each and every one of those, those podcasts. I found them really inspirational. I found them really, you know, genuine. I, I, I you know, as I said, um, we we have been able to, to to you know to win their trust, and I am honoured and you know and really privileged to be able to, you know, to direct this campaign uh, that I think women all over the world can listen to and get gain some benefit for sure. True, Africa, really true. And um, I wanted to ask you a question. Like of the questions we asked our researchers, this really one that was keeping also for you. 
um, you mentioned the word uh, you mentioned the word inspiration inspirational and um, we asked our researchers uh, whether they had role models or uh, you know key personality or inspiring pe- people that shaped and supported them all over their career and many of them gave us some references some even a little bit unexpected but now comes to you who has inspired you this year well you know i i've been I've, a lot of people have claimed that one one skill that i have which is uh, important in my life is called resilience resilience it means that all of a sudden when i go down you know to come up in terms of my own understanding of my own feelings or or what have you i always go to there is a go to and the inspiration is always from those that have come before me those that are have contributed to society uh in such a wonderful and, and incredible ways um you know i have margaret mead was my first hero because she was an anthropologist and showed the sexual differences between men and women and when i read that i thought wow you know and i was a young girl then but nevertheless i had the pleasure of meeting her at one stage in australia and i thought wow you know i love this woman i have so many when i read in in ancient history hypatia how she was the first math- mathematician in a brilliant woman and how she was treated in society i went wow you know that can't happen um so i i, I guess that's that's what i get it from but then again last week was winter i was not well etc etc but listening to those podcast i'm inspired again i'm inspired thank you africa this is exactly i think um the point on which we can conclude our conversation uh those people who offer their voices those women who offer their voices for the podcasts are truly inspiring as well as all the men and women who have been contributing to gender equality in life for Cherik over this year and even before, and generally speaking to the wider European area, European research area of gender equality. So let me thank everyone, uh, starting from our eight uh, researchers to the team who made this possible, to you, Africa, for your time today, and also to our management who believed into this initiative. I wish I'd like to wish everyone a happy International Women's Day to you and to our listeners and I want to join you in that message to say you know happy let's stay in the positive let's be agathist let's look at concepts of you know that are good that can be moving forward uh ladies women children uh you know young women all of us together uh and let's not forget that the world is comprised of men and women and let's work together let's see if we can work together so happy international women's day everyone thanks africa Thank happy international all. women's day and don't forget you're going to find our podcasts online on uh, the lifewatch sharing web platform so www.lifewatch.eu as well as as promoted on our social media channels so Happy International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day.